0: We're fortunate today that the Mishnah itself is a matman. You just have to read and translate the Mishnah. It's so it's beautiful. Thing. and One of the wonders of, of learning the way we are as we go through Shas, through every page of, of Gemara is not just that it exposes us to new ideas, to things we may not have been thought through before, but, but even more than that, it takes us much deeper into the things we have thought of before. And things like shame and vulnerability, these are, are words and these are ideas that we're very familiar with. These are things that we, we deal with and that we know about. But one of the things that the Gomorrah does is just takes us deeper, just un- uncovers the layers so that we, we go deeper into them. And in order to understand shame and vulnerability, we need to also understand the idea of of an image. And image is a, an important tool, we've touched on it before. Image is something that can be used to disguise who we are, in which case it's 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 a deceitful thing, uh, to mask who we are. And image can also be used to project who we are and to give us more impact in our interaction with the world around us. But image is also something we use to protect our inner beings from the judgment and the ridicule of others. So whether we take the most simple idea of image, which is the clothes we wear. In, in clothing, there is an element of projecting authority, There's a, of projecting presence. So we use clothes as an image also to amplify our presence. But we also use clothing even if it's not for that purpose at all. We use clothing to protect our privacy. And that's a metaphor for all forms of image. That very often we use an image so that you don't know who I really am. All, all you're looking at is, is a certain veneer. So if you're critical of me or you're judging, judging me, it's my image you're judging, it's not me. So it enables us to, to protect our inner being, and it also means that we can keep our inner being pure and not have to modify it all the time to fit in with our surroundings. So you can modify your, your image without having to modify your true identity, without having to modify your nishama. Uh, you can modify your, your image. You dress according to the occasion or there used to be a time when people used to dress according to the occasion. And you you dress according to the particular mood that you're trying to create or that, that, that is created. You behave in certain ways. You modify your language. There are various tools of image you use to fit in. But the fact that you can use your image to fit in means you don't have to modify your identity to fit in because your identity is personal. That stays with you and you can be who you are. There are times when we remove our image, or when we lower our image, and that's particularly so in intimate relationships. The way we become intimate is by being vulnerable. The way we become intimate is by lowering our image so that we're demonstrating trust. I'm okay with you seeing who I really am because I trust you that you're not going to ridicule and that you're not going to be judgmental, that you're going to respect me unconditionally for who I am. And therefore, I'm happy to be with you in a way that is not limited by image. That's the way we become intimate. If people are unable to lower their images, they're unable to be intimate. That's a, that's a problem all in of itself. However, for an individual to remove the image of another, to expose the soul of another— Without that person's permission, that's shaming. So shaming is not only when you say something undermining to somebody, you're disparaging to somebody. That's not even what shaming is. And then you might say, but "I just, I just exposed you for who you are. Why is that shaming? It's, it's the truth. It doesn't matter. Shame. Shame is the truth, because you're not entitled to all the truth of another person. A person is entitled to protect some of his or her truth." through the image with which they wrap themselves. And in Kabbalah we've got that whole concept with Levushim, the whole that Hashem wraps himself with layer after layer after layer, and we can't penetrate to the essence, to the essence of Hashem. So this idea of layering and protecting the essence through Im- imaging, through covering, is something that is, is core to the Briyat, the way that the world is, is created and the way it, it operates. With that we'll understand the issue in our, in our sugi a little bit better. The issue that this Mishnah is dealing with on daf study Amud Aleph and Amud Bet is how do you quantify boshet? Boshet is one of the things you have to pay. When you damage somebody you are often causing them shame in addition to pain that you might be causing them and loss of income that you might be causing them and medical expenses that you might be causing them. In addition to that you could be causing them shame. And how do you quantify shame? Everybody's different. How do you know what, what shame is? So the Mishnah says, It depends on the person. The higher in stat- status and stature the human being is, the worse is the, is the shame. You don't measure, you don't quantify shame by the action. The same action can result in a much higher payment of boshet for person A than for person B. Because person B might be an ordinary person and you um, you treat the person in a, in a shameful way or in a way that for them isn't shameful, but maybe for somebody else is shameful. You don't give a person the kavod that is, that is fitting for them. But for somebody else, that's not the kavod that they despise. You walk up to the queen or the king and you give them a slap on the back and you say, how's it, buddy? Now, you do that to your friend and he'll say, good thanks, how's it with you? You'll do that to the, queen or to the king and they'll, they'll pull you off they'll, they'll lock you away for it, that's not how you do it, that's not how you do it, but it's the same action what did I do? You acted inappropriately for that particular person, a king has much greater imagery, much greater layering around, around him and to strip that away is shameful, Omer Rabbi Akiva knows this Rabbi Akiva, it's not so, afilu aniyim there's no such thing as a Jew who doesn't feel shame. Even a poor person, a, a Jew who has nothing, who's homeless, who's, who's moneyless, you look at that person as if he's a B'nei Chorin, a free person. There's discussion in, in what B'nei Chorin means, but based on our shir, on Peches, we talked about the fact that an Eved, Rabbi Yudas said, Eved ain lo boshet. And Eved doesn't have Boshet, says Rabbi Yeshua, but a Jew is a ben Benchurin. As a ben Benchurin, every Jew has a feeling of Boshet. And, he, and the fact that they're poor, treat them as somebody who once was rich and became poor. Because every Jew was once rich. Do you know who this Jew is? Do you know who this person is? You're busy here trying to quantify and to say, oh, you know, he's a, he's a poor person, it's not, the, the, it's not so serious for him. He doesn't feel shame in the same way. He says, Rabbi Akiva, that's not so. Every Jew comes from, from nobility. Every Jew comes from royalty. He's a yoreid min chassav. somebody who was once, that's even worse. Somebody who's never been been wealthy feels the shame less than somebody who knows what it is to be wealthy and is no longer wealthy. That that's much much more difficult. I find that with with clients of mine, people who've reached the top of their careers, uh, CEOs of very large organisations, and comes a time for them to retire. There's a lot of difficulty in that retirement, as much as they've waited for retirement all their lives. And one of the things that are difficult for the retirement is it's a, it's a little bit like uh, one of the presidents. I think of. I think Clinton was asked what's what's it like the day after the the inauguration of the next president. You've been the chief of the world and the next day what's, what's it like? He said I think it was a bummer he said you've got to get used to the fact that they don't play music every time you walk into the room <laughs> you've got to get used to trying and on, to travelling on commercial aircraft these are things all of a sudden it's a bushel for you it's something you've got to get used to because you've had it differently for the ordinary person it's not a big deal you travel first class on a commercial aircraft it's not so bad but for somebody who for eight years has been travelling in Air Force One first class on a commercial aircraft is terrible it's a bizarre. Says Rabbi Akiva, Jews have been presidents. Jews have been kings and queens. Doesn't matter who he is now. He comes from Avrom, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. And you remember we said on Darkechis that the idea of Boishes is that pride is, is annihilating that pride that we have from our Yitzchaks. Which is why Rabbi Akiva says, B'nei Avrom, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, every Jew has Yichus." Every so Maybe you, my grandfather wasn't a Rosh Hashiva. Maybe my great-grandfather wasn't a great Rov. Maybe my parents aren't wealthy. But I'm still a child of Avrom, of Yitzchak, of Yaakov. How can you treat me this way? Says Rabbi Akiva, that's how you've got to look at a Jew. That's what you've got to understand. There was in fact a case with Rabbi Akiva. He got into an argument with a woman and he ripped off her tichel. He uncovered her hair in public she came before Rabbi Akiva and she claimed Boshet. and he said to this man you have to give her 400 Zuz a lot of money just for the Boshet because you embarrassed her in public Rabbi Akiva going with, her, with his view doesn't matter who she is it doesn't matter who she isn't she's a Bat Avraham Yitzchak V Yaakov and that's not how you treat a Jewish woman he said to him Rabbi, tell man, do me a favor Give me a little bit of time, I, let me come back to you, with, with an answer, he says. Venetan Lozman, he gave him time. Shamra omedet al petah He waited till he found her standing outside at the entrance of her house. Veshavaret hakad b'faneha shemen. And he walked past her and dropped his container of valuable oil. Olive oil. mitapacha yada she took off her tichel and she used it to mop up the oil and squeeze the oil out so as to save some of the oil. And she just put her hand, covered her head with her hand. He had witnesses with him and he asked the witnesses to take notes of Alifne Rabbi Akiva. And he came back to Rabbi Akiva and he said, Look at her. For a little bit of olive oil, she's willing to take her tichel off in public. Why am I paying her 400 zoos? Because I took her tichel off and I took her head covering off in public. lo klub Says Rabbi Akiva, you've said nothing. Your, your words have no value at all. You're not allowed to damage yourself. And we might get into that in, in tomorrow's learning. You, you're not allowed to damage yourself. But nevertheless, But if somebody else damages me, you're You can't just say, well, if you damaged yourself, or even if you are damaging yourself, that doesn't mean somebody else can. If you're smoking a cigarette that doesn't give the right to somebody else to blow cigarette smoke in your face, say, well, you're smoking in any case, clearly you don't care about it. No, you're a person's entitled to do what he wants with his own, with his own life, within, within degrees. But that doesn't give somebody else the, the right to damage him further. You're not allowed to just tear up the, your, your plantation. There's a baltashchis, you can't waste your, your plants. But, you're still, you're, you're but if somebody else comes and tears up your plantation and says, but you were doing it yourself, you're chayev. So the, wo- the, the, the Nezikin cannot be evaluated based on whether the person, him or herself, values that which you've damaged. Even if they don't value that which you've damaged, you're still not allowed to do it and you're obligated to pay. That's Rabbi Akiva. Uh, Toysavus goes into the Chiv, what, the, the what does it mean, patur? If you hurt yourself, the, the Mishnah says, Rabbi Akiva, you're patur. What should you be chayev? Who will you pay? What does it mean? What it means is, if you damage yourself, not that you're patur, if you damage yourself, it's a sign that you do not attach value to that which you've damaged, to yourself. And therefore, you would think if somebody else damages you, they haven't really reduced your value. They haven't taken anything from you. Nevertheless, you're khayyav. This is a little bit difficult to understand in terms of the Gemara that we had back on Daf pevov where we had a brysa, similar to a Mishnah there, Be yisho arum chayav. If you embarrassed a naked person you still chayv. You still have to pay boshet you still have to pay for the shaming if a person is walking around naked is he a bar boshet does busha apply to him is that it is is he sensitive in any way to shame he's demonstrating that he is shameless what how could you be causing shame no, says Rav Pope, you're right. If he, if he were walking around in the street naked, he, he's demonstrating he has no shame. Here we're talking about where the wind blew his cloak up. And you went and you added, you lifted his cloak even further and made him more na- naked. But if he's really walking around naked, you're, you're chayef. Says Rashi, havi barboshet. If he's willing to walk in public naked, he's not a barboshet. So we see from here that there is such a pers- thing as a person who is shameless. So back to our case where the woman demonstrates that she's shameless as far as her head covering is concerned. Why did this person have to pay 400 zoos in that particular case? And what we have to understand is the difference between head covering in this case and, and total nakedness. Rashi says in the case of, of the soto Farah, the Kohen, has to take off her head covering. Bikan livnot Yisrael, shigilui harosh genai From here we see for benot Yisrael, that for benot Yisrael, uncovering their hair is genai. It's it's shameful for them. And that might be not just the uh, uh, an uncovered head, but the act of uncovering the head. Somebody taking off your head covering. Is a ganai. That's something which is which is. Imagine somebody who doesn't wear a kippah normally, and in a particular case in public, he's wearing a kippah, and somebody walks up and snatches his kippah off his head, and he gets angry, and the person says, "But you normally don't wear one in any case. What are you getting angry about? I'm getting angry that you took it off, because that's the difference between intimacy and shame. If I remove my image, if I remove my covering. That's a choice I'm making to make myself vulnerable for whatever reason I'm doing so. For the sake of intimacy, or in her case, to mop up the oil. Whatever the case is, I'm entitled to make myself vulnerable. I decide how much image. I decide whether I wear a tuxedo or I wear a, a, a swimsuit. That's my decision. You can't come and rip my tuxedo off and leave me in my undergarments and say, but I saw you on the beach and you were in a swimsuit. What's the difference? Not your business. I can make that choice. You can't make that choice. When an individual reduces their image, they're creating intimacy and trust. When another rips away an individual's image and exposes the person in ways the person didn't choose to be exposed themselves, that's called shaming. That's called bullshit. And for Benot Yisrael... The, for an ordinary person, there's a difference. On Pave we're talking about a person doing something which humanity considers as shameful. It's not about a Jewish thing. It's humanity. You don't walk around the street naked. Nobody does. No society. You don't do that. So, so there we're talking about a demonstration totally of, this is something that I don't, that I don't care about. But in our case, in the Mishnah, with, with the woman, she is entitled to decide on her level of, of image. So again, there is a certain image which is common human decency. You're walking in public, you walk with clothes. That's common human decency. Then there are higher areas of image. The person wears a jacket when he comes to shul, that's what he chooses to do. If you rip his jacket away or you mock him because he's wearing a jacket, that's shaming the person. It's his decision to decide how much to put on. This is not about a universal principle. On Daf Pavov, we're talking about a universal principle. Here we're talking about an individual's level. And the bat Yisrael, that this idea that mikan levenot Yisrael shegiluy harosh gneila him demonstrates how we are much more sensitive because our inner beings are so precious to us because our inner beings are so sensitive and so easily damaged. The importance of cloaking our inner beings in a protective garment, in in protection which is the outer form, which is the, the lavush that we wear is higher. When we choose to remove that lavush for purposes of intimacy, that's our choice. But for somebody else to penetrate another person's image and expose that person in ways he or she didn't choose to be exposed, that's shaming and there's a key of a bullshit.